Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. This episode, we're going to be focusing on Opie and the Spoiled Kid. That was episode number 84 of the Andy Griffith Show. I know you're going to enjoy this one. The Mayberry Bible Study Podcast is based on the Mayberry Bible Study, originated by Joey Fan back in 1998. I'm your host for the podcast, Alan Newsom, and we'll be visiting this episode of the Andy Griffith Show and exploring how characters on the show at Mayberry, how they behave. You know, does their character reflect poorly or positively from a Christian perspective on the way Christians should behave? And uh, I think you'll find in this episode, Opie and the Spoiled Kid, which is one of the few so far I've done, and I think I may mention it later, uh, that Barney is not the example of poor behavior. <laughs> so yay for Barney. Oh, uh, The podcast is focused on the 16 public domain episodes of The Andy Griffith Show because we want to show good character <laughs> on the podcast and not be breaking copyright laws as we try to... Uh, learn what the Bible teaches us <laughs> from the Andy Griffith Show. Now, Opie and the Spoiled Kid, uh, this episode's about, uh, you know, Opie becomes acquainted with a new boy in town. He's named Arnold Winkler. And Arnold's basically a, uh, well, he's spoiled. And he believes he can get away with anything. When uh, Arnold discovers that Opie only gets a quarter a week for his allowance, you know, he starts putting thoughts in Opie's mind that, uh, you know, really uh, didn't need to be there. Opie was happy and uh, glad to be working for his 25 cents a week. But according to Arnold, he should be getting 75 cents. So uh, the uh, fun ensues from that. Now, we're going to listen to that episode, Opie and the Spoiled Kid. And then following the episode, we'll be uh, coming into a recorded version of the discussion portion of our Bible study, and that was recorded at the Mayberry Meetup in 2014 at the Mayberry Motor Inn in Mount Airy, North Carolina. So I want to thank everybody who was involved in uh, being a part of that. Now, if you'd like to follow along with that discussion, you can go to MayberryBibleStudyPodcast.com and look for this episode, which is going to be Opie and the Spoiled Kid. And you can download the uh, Bible study notes right from there. It'll be right there on the page. And so you can download the lesson plan and follow along with us. So I want to encourage you to do that. uh, So you'll be able to have those in your hand and go along with us as we try to learn from the Andy Griffith Show. So without me talking to you further, I know you're going to enjoy this. So let's go over and hear Opie and the Spoiled Kid. Also starring Don Knotts. Andy and Barney are walking down the streets of Mayberry. One Miss Tarbox. Miss Tarbox? <laughs> she's getting gray for a woman her age, ain't she? Yeah. She's been having a lot of trouble with Arthur lately. Oh, yeah? Like what? What kind of trouble? What? Well, you know. Oh, I don't know. What? What kind of trouble? Oh, I, I really oughtn't to say anything. Well, you can tell me. I'm your deputy. <clears throat> well, it, it... Wait a minute. She's looking this way. <laughs> she went in the drugstore. Go ahead. Well, 
he wants the whole family to move out of town. For Pete's sake, why? He claims people talk about other people too much. Where'd he ever get an idea like that? Beats me. A boy zooms away on a bicycle after knocking the grocery ace out of a lady's hand. They know they're not allowed to ride bikes on the sidewalk. There, there, Miss Rodenbach, we'll give you a hand. There ought to be a law against riding on the sidewalk. There he is. Did you see who the boy was on the bicycle? No, I didn't. It all happened so fast. Edith Blessing just left, and we were talking about Mrs. Tarbox. My, hasn't she gotten gray? Well, you know why, don't you? Barn. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you see how old the boy was? No, it was just whoosh, and he was gone. Now, if it happens again, try to remember the following things. Age of the boy, color of his hair, New or old bicycle, whether or not he was wearing glasses, things like that. Well, I'll certainly try. We'd appreciate it. Of course, a really sound safety procedure would be to give each and every citizen in this town a course in police identification. <laughs> of course, you know, us trained professionals, we have photographic minds. <laughs> the bicycle rides through him again. Well, I'm certainly glad you were here. Now you know who it was. Oh, golly, it all happened so fast. Just whoosh, and he was gone. <laughs> He's riding his bicycle over to Andy's house as Opie's cleaning up the garage. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Arnold. Hey, you got your new Intercontinental Flyer, huh? Uh-huh. Yesterday. Boy, it's a beauty. Wow. Is this real chrome? There's an M in there, Taylor. I know, coronium. How much does it cost? Seventy dollars. Seventy dollars? Gosh, you must have been saving up for it since you was a kid. My dad bought it for me. For your birthday or something? Oh, no. I saved my birthday for something big. What's bigger than an intercontinental? Giants of stuff. A pony, a boat, all kinds of stuff. Come on, Taylor. Hop on the rack and I'll give you a ride. I can't. I gotta get this garage cleaned up. Who says? My pa. What happens if you don't? I don't get my quarter this week. A quarter? For a job like this? Oh, no. Besides this, I take out the ashes, keep the wood box filled, and set the table every night. Oh, boy. Did your old man see you coming? <laughs> what do you mean? He's taking advantage of you. I don't know what you're talking about. They owe it to you. You're not supposed to work for your allowance. What do you think allowance means? I don't know. It means money the kid is allowed to have. Oh? And without working for it. It's for being a kid. Are you sure? Seems to me my pa would have told me if that's so. They figure what they don't tell you it won't hurt you. Not my pa. He tells me everything straight. Okay, so I'm wrong. But who's cleaning a garage for a quarter? And who's riding a $70 bike? Wait a minute, Arnold. What do you mean? I told you. Kids aren't supposed to work for their allowance. My pa is awful busy. Maybe he hasn't heard this new stuff. <laughs> Maybe. If I was you, I'd just come right out and tell him. Okay, I'll ask him. My pa is real good about things like this. He'll sit right down with me and we'll talk the whole thing right out in the open. Boy, you do everything the hard way. <laughs> Arnold rides off on his new bike and Opie looks in a thoughtful way. Barney enters the courthouse, carrying some mail. Morning, posters came in, Andy. Oh, good. File them, will you, Barney? Yeah. 
<sighs> Henry Shopping Bag Leonetti. Grand Larceny, $4,000 reward. Max the Tongue Rasmussen, Grand Theft Auto. Reward, $1,500. Benjamin Schuster, alias Benji Shoes, alias Benny Shoot. Forgery, reward, $3,000. <laughs> you know what this means, Ange? What? 8,500 American silver cartwheels right in our hands. Only one small hitch. We don't know where they are. Right. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi, Barney. I thought you were supposed to be cleaning out the garage. I wanted to have a talk with you. Must be pretty important for you to break off in the middle of a chore. It's preying on my mind, Paul. <laughs> well, you did right to come in, said it? Okay. Ready? Ready. This. Are there rules for how Paul should treat his son if he's a kid? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> of all the questions to come up with, that won't take the cake. Oh, <laughs> uh, Barney, Opie and I usually keep these little talks to ourselves. Oh, sure. Oh, I understand that. <clears throat> oh, I, I got plenty to do in here anyway. <laughs> Are Barney's feelings hurt, Paul? Oh, I don't think so. I think I can uh, speak for my own feelings, Andy. Why do you ask that, Hope? I don't know. I heard you were kind of sensitive. Sensitive? Me? Sensitive? <coughs> Barn. Well, that's a nice thing to get started around. <laughs> the only thing that upsets me is having people say I'm sensitive. There's one thing I'm not sensitive. <laughs> Talk about being misunderstood. <laughs> Flushed. That spirit. I'm a very spirited person. It's a big difference, you know. Go on and have your little talk. Don't mean nothing to me anyways. I'm sorry, I hurt Barney's feelings, Paul. He's very spirited. Is he like sensitive? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> now, what's this about rules for pa's and sons? This first. Hmm. The 75 cent rule. The 75 cent rule, I don't... Uh... I don't believe I ever heard of that. Well, and that's what I figured. Hmm. What it is, Paul, is that nowadays kids get 75 cents a week allowance instead of 25 cents. 75 cents? That's a lot of money. And in a year's time, I'd come to see there's 52 weeks in a year. It comes to around $40 a year. <laughs> that's an awful lot of money for a young. They get it, Paul. They do, huh? And they don't have to work for it like I do. Hmm. Well, who is this, uh, this they you keep talking about? Oh, Arnold Winkler and everybody. Arnold Winkler. I don't believe I know him, do I? They're new from Raleigh. Oh, I see. And, and the Raleigh rules say, uh, say 75 cents and no work, huh? I guess. <laughs> you want it straight, don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay, here it goes. There are no rules for pa's and sons. Uh, it's as simple as this. Each, uh, each mother or father raises his boy or girl, as the case may be, the way that uh, he thinks is best. And I think it's best for you to get a quarter and work for it. You see, when you give something, in this instance, cleaning the garage, and you get something in return, like a quarter, well, that's the greatest feeling in the world. You do feel good after working, don't you? 
Uh-huh. Good and tired. <laughs> well, as, uh, as you get bigger, well, you'll be doing more and more work for more and more return, and that good feeling will get bigger. Do you understand what I mean? I think so. Good. I'm not going to get the 75 cents. <laughs> and I have to work for the 25. Right. It's all clear to you? Yeah. The bigger you get, the tireder you get. <laughs> well, uh, you just you just think about that for a while. Do I have to? Don't you want to think about it? It makes me kind of sad. <laughs> well, the thing to do when you're feeling sad is to shoot for the good feeling. Clean the garage. Right. It's long ball. The long ball. <laughs> so long, Barty. So long, Hope. And that comes to $39 exactly. <laughs> Kids, what do they know about life, huh? Well, I'll tell you one thing, a whole lot more than we give them credit for. Yeah, that's true. But they need guidance. Yeah, that's true. And this time you really muffed it. <laughs> How's that? Well, not being emotionally involved with the child, I think I can be pretty doggone objective. Oh. You've been at the magazine section of the Sunday paper again, ain't you? I skimmed through it. And uh, on the subject of child rearing, it said? There's a definite trend towards stronger discipline. Like what? Like a good clout once in a while. Oh, come on. Well, Andy, have you ever known the magazine section of the Sunday paper to lie? <laughs> Did your father ever hit you? Well, he couldn't. I was a lot bigger than he was. I thought as a child you were sickly. Well, he was sicklier. <laughs> now, Andy, the way I'd talk to a son of mine... Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just don't start off on that imaginary child of yours again. Look, Andy, I'm only All the theories in the world don't mean a thing until you got a child of your own. They ain't no use talking about it because you don't know what you're going to do until you're faced with it. What are you driving at? Just think about it. And when it clears up in your mind, do me a favor. What's that? Don't be sensitive about it. <laughs> and he said, well, when you're sad, shoot for a good feeling. I said, clean the garage. And you said, right, and here I am. I knew he'd pull that one, Taylor. How? Because they're all the same. Taylor, I've never known a kid yet who could win in a man-to-man -man talk. I don't know about that. My pa and I, we decide a lot of things talking that way. He's very good at explaining. I know, at explaining why you're wrong. But has he ever explained to you why you're right? Not that I remember. Look, Taylor, I lived in Raleigh. I've been around. Heck, I left home when I was seven. You did? Went to summer camp for two weeks. Take it from me. Talking is a waste of time. You have to take action. Action? Sure. What kind of action? Temper tantrums. Why? To scare them. Shake them up a little bit. Have you ever held your breath? Swimming under the raft? No. I mean at home, to get something you want. Sounds kind of spiteful. Listen, it works. Your face gets kind of red, and your jaws get tight, and oh boy, do they get scared. They think you're going to get seriously sick, or maybe even bust a vessel. Gee. Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of them. Kicking a table leg. Uh, rolling around on the floor, kicking your feet, pretending you can't stop crying. Gosh, I don't know. Oh, for crying out loud, Taylor. 
Arnold. Take it easy, Arnold. I didn't mean to say nothing wrong. I'm sorry, Arnold. I'm sorry. Get the idea? <laughs> and it works every time. <laughs> Barney's walking outside the courthouse, and a boy on a bicycle rides by. Hey! Stop that bike! What's the matter? You're not allowed to ride a bike on the sidewalk. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know that. Well, now you know. Bike riding on the streets only. City Statute 249A, Section Roman Numeral 5. I won't do it again, sir. I promise. All right. See that you don't. The boy crosses the road and gets back onto the sidewalk on the other side of the street. <laughs> Goes around the corner and Andy catches the bicycle. Oh, watch it. Doggone it, I warned him and he deliberately rode on the sidewalk again. Is that true, son? Did you hear Officer Five warn you? Yes, sir. What'd you do it again for? Because I wanted to. What's your name? Arnold Winkler. Will you let go of my bike? You have no right to hold my bike like that. You just simmer down there, young fella. You're the one has been riding around on the sidewalk knocking folks over, ain't you? I'll tell my dad about this. Then you'll be sorry. Oh, go ahead and tell him and see if we care. He makes a face, and Barney makes a face. <laughs> oh, Barney, let's try to keep this on adult level. <laughs> young man, I'm going to have to take this bike and hold it. Do you any good? That won't do you any good. You can't take my bike. It's my bike. Now, you no listen here, young it. fella. When an officer gives you a warning, you're supposed to mind. But I expect you'll know we're not fooling when we take this bike and keep it for a week or two. You'll see. I'll tell my father. Good, good. You tell him to come right on down and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Now, get on off of there. Now, go on home. Talk, you little devil, ain't he? Yeah. Imagine him talking to us like that, an arrogant little cuss. Thinks he can make up his own rules. Yeah. Well, take the bike and impound it, will you? Yeah. Barney gets on the bike and begins to ride off. Andy grabs the back of the bike and lifts the wheel off the ground. <laughs> what are you doing? No riding on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's walking into the courthouse and a man's whittling on the bench outside. Coming? Hands him the stick. Andy looks at it. Good. Coming right along. Got a nice feel to it. I tell you what. When you're finished with it, tell me what it is and I'll give you 50 cents for it. <laughs> he hands back the stick. Barney walks out of the courthouse. Oh, Andy, I put the bike in the shed. Good. Hi, Paul. Oh, hi, son. Paul, can I talk to you about something I don't understand? Sure. Come on in. Andy and Opie enter, and Barney walks by the man holding the stick. Takes the stick. Oh, that's nice. Very nice. Here's the back. I just don't understand it, Paul. What? None of the other guys work for their allowance. I thought we had this all thrashed out before. We did. Well, why bring it up again? Cause. Cause why? Just cause. Son, that causing can go on and on if you give it its head. Now, what's this all about? I just don't want to work for my allowance. Opie, I'm very busy right now. Like I say, we've been through all that before. I still don't want to work for my allowance. 
don't have to. Oh, boy! No work, no allowance. That's not fair! Don't raise your voice to me. Now, you get on out of here. I got things to do. Opie's cheeks bulge out and his eyes are closed. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Opie, I asked you what you're doing. I was holding my breath. Good. Good lung exercise. <laughs> What are you doing now? I'm crying and I can't stop. Oh, shame. <laughs> Hope he walks away from the desk and begins stomping his feet and jumping up and down. <laughs> now he falls on the floor and begins slapping the floor and kicking his feet. What are you doing now? I was having a tantrum. Oh. Well, don't get your clothes all dirty. <laughs> Barney enters the courthouse with Arnold and Arnold's Sheriff? dad. Yes, sir. You the boy's father? That's right. Simon Winkler. Andy Taylor. Now then, what's this all about? 249A, section Roman numeral 5. Passenger carrying wheel vehicle, making passage and or transcending area designated for pedestrian traffic only. Suspect duly warned, flaunted said warning, and ignoring same repeated offense within a 24-hour period. All right, so he rode his bike on the sidewalk. I was there, Mr. Winkler. Arnold was given a warning and continued to ride his bicycle on the sidewalk. The offense was clearly defined under normal weather conditions. There was plenty of room. I wouldn't hurt anybody. People are coming in and out of stores on Main Street every minute. You never know when somebody's going to walk right out in front of you. Everybody's against me. Oh, there, there, son. Can't even have a little fun. Now, now you see what you've done? You got the boy all upset. Was it such a crime? Seems to me you people would have more important things to do and go around frightening children. Now, look here, Mr. Winkler. Arnold was warned and continued to ride his bicycle on the sidewalk. Now, we're going to impound that bicycle until he learns to use it according to regulation. Oh, for heaven's sake, Sheriff, can't you see this is a very sensitive child? Obviously, you don't understand him. Arnold's a good boy, you just don't understand him. Oh, I think I understand him. He's a good boy, really. A little high-spirited, perhaps, but weren't we all at his age? I wasn't. The law's the law, Mr. Winkler. Now, if we don't teach children to live in society today, what's going to happen to them when they grow up? For heaven's sake, Sheriff, the boy's not a criminal. I didn't say he was. Now, what he does at home is none of our business. But when he gets out on the street, he's going to have to answer to us. I can show you in the statute book. The minimum punishment for this offense is impounding the bicycle for one week. Well, you can't do it. I demand you return that bike and now. Now, you look here. You're that boy's father. You're responsible for his actions. Now, he's too young to be locked up. But if you're not going to take responsibility, maybe I ought to lock you up. You ever think of that? Yeah. Well, my dad ain't scared of that, are you? Make them put you in jail. That'll show them. Go on, Dad. Show them they can't push me around. Go on. Put him in jail. He won't care. How's that? My dad'll show you. He's tough. You, uh, you want me to lock your father up? He ain't afraid of you. I don't want to lose my brand new bike. I just got it. 
You'd rather I put your father in jail. I want my bike! Opie is watching this entire exchange. <laughs> Mr. Winkler is coming to a realization. Sheriff, there won't be any need to impound that bike. How's that? I'd like to have it. I want to sell it. Sell it? You're going to sell my bike? That's right, Arnold. But it's my bike. You can't sell my bike. Be quiet, Arnold. <laughs> Barney, you won't go get the bicycle. Ten four. No, 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 no. I won't let you. You can't do that. Arnold, be quiet. Mr. Winkler, would you like to continue this father and son discussion in quiet? No. I say, would you like to continue this in quiet? There's a real nice woodshed out back. Woodshed? Mm-hmm. Good old-fashioned woodshed? Real nice one. Hmm? Come on, Arnold. Think he deserves it? I don't want to say. After all, he is one of my own kind. <laughs> Opie enters Hi, the courthouse. Hi, son. Can I talk to you for a minute? Sure. What's on your mind? Well, I've been doing a lot of thinking good for the head. And I was wondering if by any chance you might need a person to clean the garage and do odd jobs around. You know, it's funny you should ask at this time. There happens to be a recent vacancy in that department. Oh, boy. Well, what person did you have in mind? Opie Taylor. Uh-huh. I'm sorry about the way I acted, Pa. What's done's done. Well, let's see. Uh, cleaning out the garage, hauling out the ashes, setting the table. That ought to be worth about, oh, say, uh, 25 cents a week, okay? Sounds fine to me, Paul. Good. Oh. Yeah, Paul? It was kind of hard for you to apologize, wasn't it? Kind of. Uh, suppose we make that, uh, 27 cents a week. That's a dollar more a year. Yeah. What you gonna do with all your money? Save up for a bell. A bell? Uh-huh. Then save up for a bike to put under it. So I hope y'all enjoy that. Let's uh, open up with prayer and then we'll get started on this. 
Father, we just uh, thank you for this chance to just uh, gather together, Lord. We just ask that you just uh, show us things that we saw in this episode, Lord, that can uh, draw us closer to you and make us behave more as Christians should behave as we go through life, Lord. We just ask that you would just uh, be here in your spirit, would just guide the discussion, and that we would have an interesting discussion on the topic of this episode, Lord, and what it means and what kind of Christian values we can pull out of those those things we saw. Lord, we just uh, thank you for what you've done for us, and we thank you for being here with us today. Amen. All right, so this was Opie and the Spoiled Kid. And we already know what it was about because we just watched it. The lesson points that you've got there with you. The value of a good work ethic was uh, the first topic. And then that's in, uh, I think, Galatians 6, 7. It says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will reap. So what do you guys think is the value of a good work ethic? We saw on here, you know, Opie was a pretty good worker. He was doing a good job until Arnold came along. And started getting all these different notions into his mind. So Opie was working hard. He worked. He, he did a good job. He wasn't unhappy with his work that he was doing. And then all of a sudden, this kid comes up, Arnold, and starts telling him how well you're you're getting ripped off, you're getting cheated, uh, you know. And all of a sudden, Opie's not happy with the twenty-five cents he's getting anymore. His his work. His work ethic didn't really change, but suddenly he's not happy with what he was doing. Have y'all ever seen that happen at work or when you're at your job, where you know pretty much everybody's fine, but then just one person comes in there and, and starts doing that's it. Exactly how the original sin happened. That's right. I mean, yeah. Adam and Eve were content in the garden until Satan came and tempted Eve, and then their eyes were opened. Right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've seen that happen at work. It's happened to me. I've seen people be happy with their job. They're doing a good job every day. They're doing their work. And then you just have one person starts coming around. Did you see what Joe Smith over there? He got a promotion. That guy doesn't do anything. (laughs) And then everybody in the office kind of starts going, you know, that's right. Why am I working hard when he don't have to work hard? And he got a promotion out of this thing. So we've seen, I've seen that, and I don't know if y'all have, but according to, the, you know, according to the scriptures, you reap what you sow. So, and it also says, you know, what uh, paraphrase here, but you know, it talks about you basically put in a, a full day's work for a full day's pay. You work for what you you work, and as Christians, I think we're supposed to do that even more so because we we don't want to be the guy they're going, hey, you see, he don't do anything. You don't want to have that happen to you. And uh, I actually work, you know, for the government. So that's a, uh, that is a, uh, a negative immediately for a lot of people because they think government workers don't do anything. And, uh, but I think as a Christian, you've got to get out there and do the work and get it done and uh, actually not set a bad example like that. The only thing that bothers me is lately they've commented that, like, one percent of the population gets ninety percent of the profits. I mean, uh, there was an article in the new, latest New Yorker. Mm-hmm. This this fellow is they're talking about changing the income tax and stuff, and he's he's talking about being abused. 
the poor guy is only making four billion dollars a year. Not not billion, billions. Right. <laughs> and I mean, and he's not working that. He can't have worked that much more than the guy in one of his factories. Yeah. You know. Right. All right. Maybe maybe he works sixty hours a week instead of forty hours a week, but he's right. not working one billion dollars worth versus right. uh, yeah. $10,000 a week. Right. That's like a lot of people quote the scripture about money is the root of all evil. But don't say that. So the love of money is the root of all evil. That's right. There are a lot of poor people right. that love money. Right. right. The thing yeah. that jumped out at me about it was the opposite side. Arnold was thinking as long as you get what you want, it's okay to go to. Well, in this case, his dad was going to go to jail for him. But yeah. you're training people to say, Steal and get what you want. It's okay to spend a little time in jail, but you still get what you want. Right, the ends justify the means. Yeah, because yeah, Arnold didn't want to work at all. He said allowance is something you're allowed to have. You know, it's just something you're they're supposed to give to you. Yeah, they owe it to you. So we have a big mentality of that. So let's talk about let's uh, with your point first about the. Uh, People who got a lot of money, you know, they make a lot of money and stuff like that. I guess that's true. They make a lot of money. The people that are one percent, they make a whole lot of money, and 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 they do make a lot, and they pay a lot of taxes because they make a lot. You know, it's one of those kind of things. I guess the thing the scriptures tell us though is that you remember the uh, it was a parable, I believe, where he was talking about. Uh, they went at the beginning of the day, the boss went and he offered everybody a certain wage. Come work for me. Then he went back later in the day and said, same thing, offered the same same wage, come work for me halfway through the day. Then later in the day, a guy maybe only worked an hour. He said, come work for me. And at the end of the day, he paid everybody the same amount of money. And then they complained, the ones that had been working all day, and said, hey, you... You, you can't that's not fair you you're paying this guy that only worked an hour of course i'm paraphrasing all this you're paying him the same thing as me i worked an eight hour day for you and what the boss said to him was did i not agree to pay you that and you came and worked for that and you were happy with that to begin with and you who worked half a day did not do the same thing for you so how am i hurting you by paying this man the same as i paid you you agreed to do that and he agreed to come work at the end of the day. So that's the problem I have a lot of times with people who start worrying about what everybody else makes, like the, the one percenters and all those things like that. I understand the frustration because you're right. How did they possibly work that much harder than you know the guy working down the street? And in all honesty, he probably didn't work physically as hard as a guy who's out digging wells or mowing the yards during the summer when it's eight, you know, it's 100 degrees outside, he probably didn't work that hard. But the guy who's digging the well or digging the ditches or mowing the yards, they agreed to work for whatever they're working for, and they can work their way up. You know, I mean, I, I realize that's controversial to say, but they always work their way up. that's right. They, they can't always, but they, but you can try. There is that ability at least in this country America where we can try to get better and I mean you may not always you don't have to work at McDonald's your whole life you don't have to you know anyway I know that's controversial but what I'm saying is there's the Bible tells us 
that I'm not doing you wrong by paying you the same as I paid the guy that's worked all day or the guy that only worked an hour and you've worked all day. So I think we in our hearts need to be careful, not that we shouldn't be frustrated and not be aggravated about (laughs) some of the things we see, especially when people are ripping somebody off or, you know, the people in the factory aren't getting paid. Uh, Well, we often say that. People in the factory aren't getting paid as much as they should, and the boss is getting all this money. We always say that, but those people agreed to work. I mean, they're getting paid pretty, they may be getting paid pretty good, but then they're still upset that the other guy's making more money. What we really need to be happy with is what we're making. You need to be happy in your life. And I think that's what the scripture tells us. Because appreciation of money is one of our points. We talked about that as well. It's the love of money that's really the issue. You know, you know, having money is not really a problem. There are some people who are rich that have done really amazing things with their money you know where and we don't give them any credit for that the ones we always get aggravated at are the ones who are rich and we always point out though they're not doing look at that they got all that money and they're doing nothing uh bill gates for instance rich you know he's the richest man in the world i think or near it and that guy i I don't know if he's a christian i don't know anything about him but he has done a lot of good things with his money, and nobody ever gives that poor guy any credit at all for anything he does. I mean, he builds schools. He donates money to uh, fight uh, diseases in Africa. I mean, he and his wife have the Bill and uh, Melinda Gates Foundation, and they give away. And they give away, and I'm not talking, he, he's a multi, you know, $80 billion or something he's worth. He gives away billions of dollars. It's not like he gives away, yeah, here's a million. To him, which a million would be not a lot of money, I guess. <laughs> Wish he'd pass some of that down. But uh, but I think we often, we don't give credit where credit's due for people that actually do stuff with their money. And I think America, we get, uh, we get pinged a lot for having a lot of money. But I think Americans in general are very generous with their money. We send missionaries, we send aid, we send disaster aid, we do all that stuff. And if this country didn't have, if the people of the country weren't as generous and didn't have disposable income like we have, we couldn't do those things. So I think that's one of the reasons God's kind of blessed the country. It's like in Hollywood, the ones that want the real credit for what they've donated, they'll be on TV telling everybody, but the ones that really want to do it the right way, like he said, you won't, you won't know they even done it. And they do have the money, but you just don't never know they done it. That's right. They don't want the credit. You know, a person gets up on TV and says, I gave so many millions of dollars, they want the credit for themselves. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that too. You know, that's, if you give to things and want credit now, you won't receive it in heaven. I forgot how that goes exactly. Uh, you know, so I'm even so paranoid that when I'm giving my, if I give an offering at church, I'm trying to sneak it into the plate. I don't want anybody to <laughs> I'm not trying to get any credit for this, you know, and I know that's not what it means, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, but you're right. That's what, if you reward, you'll reap them where you, where you're looking for them. Another perspective on that poor and, and wealthy, this is an old example that a preacher when I was a child gave. He talked about the rich man that lives up on the hill and there's the ditch digger down yeah. in the valley. And each one looking at the other one thinks they have it better off. The rich man, he's rich. He doesn't have any worries. Well, 
that ditch digger, he, what's he got to worry about? He's digging a ditch. While the wealthy man has to worry about all keeping all of his finances. And the ditch digger, you know, he's just trying to get by. Right. So it's all your perspective. Yeah. And it is contentment. Well, it's just like last rich man. I know y'all probably mm-hmm. Right. Right. Says the rich man went to where? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The rich man was begging for a drop of water on his tongue. And then if he couldn't get that, at least go tell my brothers. That's it. Yeah, my brother. Right. And why would they listen to you if they won't listen to right. everybody else is what they said. So let's see. The uh, physical and spiritual rewards, that's kind of what we're talking about. That's in... Uh, that was in Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians. It says, uh, Now the one planting and the one watering are one in purpose and each will receive his own reward according to his la- his own labor and that's kind of what we're talking about with the rich man and the uh, poor man you know where the you know I, i've got to tell you i get i get I, I i i work in an office it's air conditioned and heated so whichever time of year it's awesome and i get paid pretty well i'm a i'm an engineer so i get paid pretty well and then I look outside and I see those guys mowing the yard. Now I used to do that. I grew up doing that. I grew up, you know, out in the country. I've done all those. I've done those kind of jobs. But I'm in there in July or August, even worse, looking out the window at those guys mowing out there, thinking they don't pay me enough now for me to do that job. <laughs> you know. So we need to be content with what we have because you complain about your job. You know, no matter what your job is. Oh, it's too cold in here. It's air conditioned. You know, it's oh the air conditioners too cold. Call the facilities people. These guys are out hundred <laughs> degree weather, and I'm complaining because I'm too cold in here. It's like really, you know, we need to keep a good perspective of, well, that's just like of what we're doing. Uh, in Genesis, if you remember, God said you eat every tree of the field, but one tree. Ain't that the way we are? Right. We, we want to eat that one tree. We want, we want that one thing we can't have. <laughs> yeah. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is in life. That's the way we are. Get all you want, but you still want more. That's right. Even the rich people, like you talking about, the rich people want more. And the beginning of the falling, if yeah. you want to call it that, of Opie, was just the thought. Right. The rich uh, spoiled kid placed that thought. And that's what that's Satan thought. does. Okay. He places that thought. And yeah, how easy is that for us to lose our contentment? Because that's what you saw, Opie. He wasn't—he was just cleaning the garage. Yeah, he didn't mind. Yeah, cleaning the garage. And then this kid comes up, and all of a sudden he's like, "Well, I don't know if I ought to have to do this or not." We're the same way. Yeah, I mean, I think in our lives we're the same way. We're all spoiled because we have such a great Creator and a wonderful God. That's exactly right. We are, and I think we lose sight of that sometimes too. That God also He puts us in positions like wherever you're working, whatever your job is. Hopefully, God kind of has put you in those spots, and so you have some purpose there. I don't know what it is, but uh, you know it may be that there's non-Christians working around you, and you could influence them in some way. You don't have to preach to them, but if you just work hard every day and act like a Christian's supposed to act, they'll notice it. Uh, had a guy. You know, I didn't even realize it. That he was a couple years younger than me in high school. And uh, I, I saw where he had posted something. And he was talking about how when I was in high school, me and a friend of mine, Rob, that he looked up to us and how much impact we had on him. 
and we, you know he was a he was the younger brother of another guy that we knew basically and I don't recall doing anything about that you know I don't remember I mean I talked to him and stuff I remember I know him but you never know who's watching you you never know what they're doing you never you never know what kind of impact you're having on somebody when you're just going about your daily work or daily chores whatever you're doing you know people at work I I kind of take this as a uh, not a prideful thing really but just as a fun thing they make fun of me because I go around whistling and uh, I'm I'm at work going you know and they're like what is wrong with you you're at work why why are you happy I'm like well you you can either choose to be happy or choose to be unhappy and so whatever you're doing find what I try to do is find the Find something about it you like. Because no matter how bad your job is, there's got to be something. Even if it's just the fact you get paid, there's something that you like about your job. There's something. And if there's not, for heaven's sakes, find you another job where you'll be at least kind of happy. you got to be able to have Because you're going to be getting up every day, 6 o'clock in the morning or whatever time you're getting up, going into this place, for heaven's sakes. Oh, yeah. You have got to have something. Uh in the uh, changing the focus from me to others, let's see, did I skip? No, I skip. Utilization of talents. I'm not going to read all that in Matthew, but that's the one where the uh, master's leaving and he gives five talents to the one uh, servant. He gives two to another and one to the last one, I believe is the right numbers. And you know, one of them goes out with the five talents and does something, invest it in some way, and gets five more. Woo, good, good job. The other one does the same thing with two talents. Yeah, but that one guy that gets one talent because he only got one because he, he didn't do a good job anyway. They were worried about him. So what's he do? He goes and buries it in the ground because he's afraid of his boss because he knows his boss is a hard man. When he comes back, you know, the other guys come out and say, hey, you gave me five, here's ten. I got ten for you. And that's guy, yeah, here's, here's two you gave me and here's the two I earned. And then the other one's... Well, you know, I know you're mean. Is what he tells his boss. You know, he tells his master, basically. And uh, you know, I you know, I was afraid I'd lose it. So here's this what you gave me. And he's like, "You evil servant! You didn't do anything with the talent I gave you." I always relate this back to more than money. It's more about our talents we have. And talking about work, that's exactly when you're at work. God's given you some kind of talents. You know, where you can sing and dance and twirl the pecan, or where you. Uh, where you act like Floyd the Barber and go around and talk to people, which who would have ever thought God could use that? And I was like, really? <laughs> you got some kind of talent. And so... You may never know. You, input, you never know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How you affect people. That's how exactly right. That? How did you get the idea I've been doing it, Floyd. I've been doing it, Floyd, for 20 years. And it was never something I ever thought I would be doing. This is not something that I thought. So it's definitely something God just kind of gave me as kind of... A, it's a ministry almost right. to me. Because I feel like it's something God did for me. Now, you, where you work is the same thing. Hopefully, where you work, I don't know. Did you ever change jobs or positions where you work? Uh, you know, during your career, did you ever move from one spot to another and you prayed about it and figured it out? I don't know anything about this other spot I got to go to, but I don't know. I feel like maybe God's moving me that way. Then you move. I know this happened to me. And then the other place where I was working. I don't know, it gets absorbed by some other place. You know, oh, goodness, God moved me just the right time. This is great. Yeah. 
So I think God will take care of us. And hopefully as we grow older, as we keep getting older, you, you have had that happen or something similar that happened to you in your life and you can trust and trust more that God's going to take care of us and do what He said. Even though you don't have any clue, He's doing it. Yeah. Uh, regarding utilization of talents, mm-hmm. the chores that Opie does are part of his education. That's right. Yeah. And he will learn how to clean out a garage. Now, this doesn't sound like a big deal, but he will learn orderliness. Right. He will learn how to set a table properly, and he will probably have other chores. Yeah. So when he grows up, he will already have all these talents, right. uh, and he will probably be the guy everybody goes to in the neighborhood when something breaks because he knows how to fix it right. because he learned as a child. So it, the, the theme is his, his allowance, but what his father is really doing is teaching him to be a good worker. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think you're doing nobody a favor if you raise your kid like Arnold was being raised. You're not doing Arnold a favor. He may think you are. If you're giving people stuff all the time and they're not having to do anything to get it, I don't think you're doing them a favor. You're, you don't teach the man to fish. In other words, you've got to do that. Uh, Back to the talents, um, there's a relatively new gospel song that says what's that you have in your hand and God says I can use it give it to me I can use it and that came from uh, when Moses' staff and God said what's that you have in your hand and he said throw it down and, and he used it for many miracles that staff and yep. God says you know what, what you have in your hand I can use it well, let's, uh, we'll move on here to Arnold. We, uh, speed this up a little. I, I'm going to keep us here another hour and a half like I did last time. Uh, I want what I want. We saw Arnold just pitch a fit. Don't we do that? No, we don't even have to admit it. Let's don't talk about this very much because it hurts. But uh, don't we do that too? You want what you want, and you start sometimes getting that into your mind, and you start really dwelling on it, and then that just makes it... You'll just dwell on something like that. I want it, I want it, I want it. And then everything else becomes you're unhappy with everything. So we need to stay with the uh, society's emphasis on me. I think they've, society to some extent, American society has taught us that. It's all about me. It's me. Me. What kind of car do I get? How much money am I going to make? What am I, you know, what's my hours? What are, you, what are you doing for me? I don't think that's the way Christians should be. That's not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be looking out for the people around us and loving them. And, you know, we're supposed to be different. Uh, disrespect for authority. Auto ads that say, get the car you deserve. I, I can yeah. see somebody right. really got a car deserved. Just one up with blocks with no engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the one Floyd was looking at in the park. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. It sounded like a sneeze. That one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The car you deserve. Do you really deserve a car? I mean, there's a lot of things like that you hear in commercials and stuff. You deserve a break today. Or you deserve, you know, that was an easy one. But you deserve things. It's like you're owed this somehow. We're not owed really anything. I mean, if we think about what Christ has done for us, he died on the cross, saved us from going to hell. Pretty much we're covered at that point. (laughs) You know, it's like... Hey, I've already gotten more than I deserve. Thank heaven I'm not getting what I deserve. You know, so 
when we study that it's an emphasis on me and uh, and everything it thank goodness it's not really because if it's on me and what I've done then you know I got no chance because I'm I'm not good enough to go uh, to go to heaven for sure you know just uh, Andy's parenting skills let's talk about those uh, <laughs> straight talk and calm demeanor let's see that's Ephesians 6 4 he says fathers uh, the Bible says uh, fathers don't stir up anger in your children but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord that's kind of what you were talking about uh, where Andy was raising him to do all these chores and teaching him something he was teaching Opie all these great and wonderful things he was teaching him when, when Opie was pitching a fit in the courthouse you know he's holding his breath and, and I've always loved Andy's reaction what, what are you doing? I'm holding my breath. Oh, that's good lung exercise. <laughs> you know, then he, I forgot what he did next, but, you know, then he's stomping on the floor. What are you, what are you doing? You know, I'm holding, I'm, I'm having a tantrum. He says, oh, don't get your clothes dirty. You know, he's not, not reacting or taking the bait at all to what Opie's doing, which, you know, I've, I've watched that and think as a dad, I don't know that I could have done that without, you know, but, but it does give you something to live up to. As a, as a parent, where you realize what your child's doing, and just don't let it, don't respond to it, you know. And I, and I wonder sometimes if God doesn't have to treat us that way, because we're like little kids to Him. We're His little, His children. We're His children. And why am I? Why has so and so gotten a new house, and I'm, you know. <laughs> you know, why do I not have a new house? I live in a forty-year-old house, and they've got a new car. And they got a car and a house, and we complain and go through all those things. But what we don't know, but God would, that guy is in debt over his head, and you know, five years from now may lose everything, and he can't sleep at night because he's—I mean, he's in debt or he's in a situation that we don't know about. But we look at it from our perspective as as children, thinking, "Man, dead gummit, how come I don't get that?" You know. And that's what Opie did, and that's what Arnold was thinking. Hey, I need to, I, I deserve all this stuff. And I think we do that. Uh, let's see, firmness in what is right. Andy was <laughs> straight. He said, you want me to be straight with you? Or whatever it was he said. Uh, there are no rules between parents and children. The parent does what he thinks is right. And, you know, you know, and that was pretty firm. Andy was straight up and told him exactly what he thought. But... He was accessible. Opie, I've always thought that was really neat. Opie never seemed to have any problem going to say, can I talk to you about something I'm confused about? Wow, isn't that a good example as a parent what you'd want to do? Focus, because when Barney tried to interject at that one point, we try to keep these right. <laughs> to ourselves. Yeah. That's right, because Andy wanted to talk to Opie. Yeah, it was just Andy and Opie. We keep this to our, it's just between us. And Barney went in the back and that comes to, you know, whatever it was. Exactly. You know, he had, uh, you know, whatever the dollar amount was. Let's see. We'll head on down here to Opie. Realizing his mistake and making it right. We saw that at the very end. Well, we saw it before that. He said, is he going to get a whipping paw? Don't you think he deserves one? I'd rather not say. After all, he is one of my own kind. <laughs> He knew, right? He knew. He was watching Arnold uh, pitch a fifth there at the end and was, wasn't really reacting, and, but he knew. 
I can remember Adam when he was a little boy, when he was real little. He would sometimes see kids at a restaurant or in a store or something like that pitching some kind of a fit. And he would look at either me or Jan, whichever one he's with, or both of us, and go, I'd get a whipping if I did that, wouldn't I? <laughs> and I'd be nodding, yes, you would. You know, you certainly would. That is not, yes. I also like the epiphany of Arnold's dad when he's, yeah. It was like, you really would choose your bike over me. Yeah. Well, Arnold's dad, you know, he was just trying to be a good dad. Yeah. He, he, he had money, evidently, because, you know, he was dressed in a nice suit. You kind of feel like he must have had money. He bought a $70 bicycle for his son. $70 back then, out of a lot of money. I mean, now it's not just chicken feed, but back then, in the 60s, that was a lot of money, a $70 bicycle. Wow. You know, and, and he he just given it to his son, but it's because he felt like he could, I believe. And he And his son was pulling it over on him. Because he said, look, you're making him cry. He really believed he was crying, which I'm going, are you? And of course, Andy goes, I believe I understand exactly what it, <laughs> I understand exactly what, what he's like. Yes. He's a sensitive kid. You don't understand. I believe I understand him completely, is what Andy said. So, yeah, then his dad realized when Arnold was like willing to let him go to jail to get his bicycle. <laughs> you could see his eyes just kind of, because Andy was like, let me get this. You, you want me to arrest your daddy? He's not afraid of you. All that. Wow. I guess what we want to make sure here is we don't act like Arnold. You know, this is one of the few episodes I think I've ever done where it's not Barney that's the one I'm trying not to act like. <laughs> this is awesome. But of course, we could mention Barney making faces at Arnold when he shouldn't have and all that kind of stuff. But. So Opie realized the mistake that he had made, and then at the end of the episode, he came back in and applied for the job to, to do that with Andy. And Andy even said it was hard to apologize, wasn't it? And he said, yeah, it was. So, you know, Andy ended up giving him the extra two cents of allowance every week. So that was his reward. Opie had learned a lesson, and Andy was proud of him, I think, by the way he behaved and gave him uh, gave him that allowance uh, last verse we'll read here is uh, Ephesians 6 1 it says children obey your parents as you would the Lord because it is right because this is right and Opie did that most of the time on the show do we do that when it says children obey your parents God's our parent do we obey him or do we not do we pitch fists do we roll around on the floor you know Sadly, sometimes, yeah, we do. Do we have pity parties? Yeah. We get upset. I mean, we have reasons. we got bad health issues or something. You've got uh, some, something happened to you in your life. You know, there's reasons. You get, the, you get the hiccups and stuff. But uh, we really need to honor, honor what God's done for us and, and, and try to obey Him and not do the things. There's a conflict, though. You know, the child has got to think for learn to think for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember an incident in my own life. I was a young kid, and I wanted those days they had a bug sprayer that go like this, and uh, <laughs> I told my mother I wanted to buy a bug sprayer just to spray water around, you know. And uh, my mother says, "Oh, you shouldn't do it. Don't do it." But I says, "Wait a minute. 
I got my allowance, I saved up the money, I was going to do it, and I went and bought it, and I had a good time with it. Literally, uh -huh. eventually it broke, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. kids' toys. Right. I think, uh, isn't that true? I think we have to learn from, we have to often learn lessons on our own. Mm -hmm. Your parents can try to guide you, especially when you get older. You know, my parents still try to tell me things at times, and, I, and luckily now I listen more. You know, when I was, I don't know, my dad got a lot smarter between when I went to college and when I came out of college. He was a lot smarter <laughs> after that. <laughs> During, you know, through, before, before I went to college, he wasn't all that smart, so I don't know what happened. But, I think I think we tend to do that. Yeah, we we have to learn on our own. We make our own mistakes, and I think as parents, uh, we have to kind of let our kids do that. If it's not going to kill them, you know, if it's not going to, if they're not going to stick their finger in the light socket, you kind of have to let them. I also think there are a great many people who act like Barney, have no children, <laughs> and are very quick to tell you how you should raise your children when they're not faced with reality. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that's that's definitely true because you, well, even if you have children, you don't know how other people's children act. Right. You don't know what they respond to because uh, Adam has always been pretty easy. I, I think he was a fairly easy child to raise. He wasn't too hard. He, was, he wasn't super uh, strong-willed, you know, so he, he was not too hard. But I know other parents that have two or three kids and one or two of them are fine, and the third one's some, holy smoke, what happened? I don't know what to do. <laughs> Nothing I do works on this kid. You know, even, even a parent with multiple children, I think, have, that, have a problem sometime trying to figure out how to deal with their own child. So, yeah, if you've never had a kid, you certainly don't understand it, I guess. You know, or, you know, you may have brothers and sisters, so you may have some idea how it's supposed to be done because you, you saw it before. You know, you've seen it. You know what worked then. But it doesn't always mean it'll work on whatever your problem is. It's the same at work. Every person you know, not just work at church, you have to deal differently with every person you deal with, not just kids. And honestly, as you said, people act like Barney. At work and at church or in you know, just friends, you probably have probably don't act that way all the time but you probably got friends like barney that you're just like oh come on you're not listening to what i'm telling you and they don't understand what you're going through or what they're doing and then there's two there's there's steps in contentment because i don't know if it was in this episode or another one where opie's saying well i'm going to buy a bell for the bike that i'm going to get yeah, this yeah. yeah yeah and it's in and it's it's enlightening too as you're learning contentment then maybe by the time you achieve that then oh, maybe, maybe I really didn't need that so bad you know then I can be content with the old bike I have and you know but that that was interesting on that I'm going to get a bell is a part of the contentment process right well, as a kid I did get trying to do that back when you had the returnable bottles I think they were two cents each oh, yeah, at the time my grandpa, he was saving up for me. I was bringing him empty bottles. I was really little. I loved horses. I always wanted a horse. But I was saving up. I was going to buy the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's good to have a goal. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, if you work at your job and you have no goal, whether that goal is to save money or to move up in the work and do different jobs, you know, keep moving up in the company or wherever you're working, You've got to have some kind of goal. And so children need a goal, too. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they can learn from that. 
because you learn from doing stuff like that. You learn, uh, what is it, instant gratification? You learn the opposite of that, whatever that is, delayed gratification, I suppose. That if you work at something, you know, and work over time, you can get a reward at the end. And that's really hard, especially today with the Internet and cell phones in your pocket. And uh, I didn't have a cell phone until about four years ago. I, I just didn't need one. I still don't really need one. But, you know, Jan wants to be able to call me. So, but it's like people would ask me, how, how do you get in touch with your wife? I call her on the phone. Well, you don't have a phone. There's phones all over the place. They, I didn't grow up with a phone in my pocket. My mom and dad seemed to survive completely fine with having pay phones around or, you know, call, they didn't have to talk to each other every three minutes on the phone or text each other to see where they are. So there's a contentment you can have in all your life. Learning how not to have that instant gratification, I think that's probably a, a big lesson. Like Opie was learning, I'm going to save up uh, to buy a bell. And then what are you going to do? I'll save up to buy the bike. You put under it. You know, that's what he said. So Opie, I think Opie was a good kid, too, on this show, on the Andy Griffith Show. I realize he's not a real kid, but, you know, in all I see, my son is a lot like that. He's always been, my wife did a really good job, Jan, when he was little. He wanted, to, he wanted to buy something, I don't remember, for $10 or whatever it was. I think it was $15. And he didn't have the money. He had not saved up. But he, he worked and stuff, and Jan paid him uh, something like $5 a week, which I was like, wow, what? You pay him how much? <laughs> Opie only got 25 cents. Anyway, uh, so she would pay him for doing chores around the house. And when he was little, he said, hey, I, can I buy this? And she said, well, I'll let you borrow the money, but you'll have to pay me back with interest. And he said, okay, yeah. He didn't know what that meant, but she said, all right. So, you know, he got it, and then over the next three weeks, you know, he paid, she would pay him his $5, and he would pay her back. And so the fourth week came, and she gave him his $5. She said, all right, give it back. He well, wait a minute. It was only $15. So I've already paid that back. She said, well, this is interest. <laughs> and, he, and she took it back, and he's like, oh, my. the boy has never asked to borrow another dime in his life. So, I mean, I think that was an amazingly good lesson that, boy, he took to heart. Uh, because you can get in such problems, especially nowadays with credit cards and all these things, you can really get into situations. But I say that mainly because of that, like saving up to buy the bike. Adam saves up now. If he wants to buy something, he waits the three weeks. And, or, he appreciates, he appreciates the money. He's got the motorcycle. That's right. And I can remember as a kid when I was working at a potato shed. I don't know if y'all know what those are, but they dig the potatoes and bring them in the potato shed, and they get washed and graded. You know, some people sitting there throwing out the bad ones, and then they go into a, a big bag. And you, you know, I was carrying hundred pound burlap bags around. Anyway, I worked at the potato shed, and I was making three dollars and three dollars an hour, three three ten. I don't remember. It was minimum wage, whatever it was at the time. And I can remember that was when it really dawned on me when I needed a haircut and it was, you know, $10 for a haircut and I'm going, I have to work three hours to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. I'm hauling hundred pound bags around. It costs, I got to pay $3 for a haircut. that takes them about 15 minutes to do. This is the wrong job for me. That's where I learned that. But you learn the value of money. You learn respect for just for people's work. And so you learn the things that you were talking about where Opie was learning he was learning how to do things and learning skills and learning what, how hard people have to work for their money. And I realized at that point, my dad's been paying for all this stuff my whole life. Wow, 
you know, and it just all started clicking uh, when I was, you know, 15 or 14 maybe. But, uh, but that's, uh, anyway, so let's close this out. We got uh, the final thought here. It says, if we don't teach our children to live in society today, what's going to happen when they grow up? And wow, this was back in the 60s. And don't we say this even more now? You know, so it's, so I think we uh, we just need to be thankful for what we have. You know, realize that we're not we don't need to be pitching fits when we're not getting what we want, because God's given us what we need, not necessarily what we want, but what we need at that time. And we just need to be good children ourselves. You know, I think we often look at stuff like this and think about kids. Oh yeah, they're not doing. But we really need to look at ourselves as Christians, love other people, and try not to get caught up into what society is doing to us to say, oh, it's me, me, me. It's not. We need to be looking out to other people. So, so even though it's the spoiled child, it really is about parenting. Yeah, and is. And when you were talking about you know the differences in kids, and our parent, God, He knows all of us so well oh, yeah. and knows how to treat each one of us. That's right. Amen. I just want to add one thing, Alan, because you touched on it a little bit when you talk about utilization of talents, and you said everybody has some type. Right. And I don't mean for it to sound like I'm bragging, but Colin, I think, you know, is a good example uh, to use the talents that he does have, which, you know, he's restricted. But he he often does uh, his podcast and stuff laying in the bathtub, and he, and he says... <laughs> He, and he says, I know why God put me in a wheelchair is to do Mayberry stuff and minister to people. Awesome. So, you know, I think he, he's taken what God's given him and right. utilized it in a way to try to uh, bring people closer to God and to show that, you know, with with little you can still do a whole lot for God. Amen. And you never know what kind of uh, reaction that has with people. That's right. You, you know, you may never know that... I'll, how much that one little word or something touched somebody. That's right. That is, that is so true, too. So, yeah. So, Colin, we appreciate you, too. <laughs> but uh, but that is true. I mean, yeah, that's a blessing to me every time I see Colin singing. You know, he'll come out and sing. You know, so no matter what limitations you might have, look at what you can do. You're touching people's lives. So we all have that responsibility, you know, to be able to do that, And I think. And... It's not just a responsibility, I think. It's, it's a blessing you're missing if we're not trying to do it. No matter, it seems uncomfortable sometimes. You don't feel, don't feel like you... I, well, it's just like teach, uh, doing the, leading the Bible study thing. I, I'm not qualified to lead that. I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I'm not, a, you know... But, you know, God's given me this ministry of... He's give, well, He's given me opportunities. And He's, you know, given me the... Floyd stuff that I do and all the Mayberry people I know and then Joey Fan who started this stuff uh, is in Huntsville same place I'm from wow I got to go to the first few classes isn't that weird how'd that happen you know huh could it be God's telling me maybe hey you could do this uh, and doing the podcast stuff so you know I did I did the two chairs no waiting podcast and I was doing that and I taught the Bible study class and then oh you know I could maybe I could put this online and other people could hear it you know yeah it's not a coincidence because God yeah so just be open to the little things you do in your life you never know what God could use so I mean 
I'm not bragging on what I've been doing either, but it's just a realization over time that, wow, God's He's up to something. What do I need to be doing? Oh, well, maybe I could do this. Or, uh, you know, There's just so much in your life the same way. Steve makes all these really cool little statues and stuff. You touched a lot of people's lives with that. You know, that's you don't think much about it. You know, just like I don't think about making web pages and stuff or doing whatever I'm doing. It's, it seems pretty simple that that's just what I can do, so I do it. But you never know what you're touching people doing things like that. And Alma, being here at the Motor Inn, visiting with people, you, you know, I've been coming here for 20 years plus now, 21. You, know, you don't know what kind of a blessing that she's been just uh, talking to you and visiting with people and you never know what that did to people so let me say a prayer and we'll get out of here I want to thank all you guys for coming Father we just uh, we thank you for being here with us and helping to guide the discussion Lord and just for the amazing you know dying on the cross for us and just the gift you've given us Lord we just ask that you just help us remember to remain thankful for the blessings you've given us and lord to just be aware of the talents you've given us or the the opportunities you give us to somehow touch other people's lives it doesn't mean we're out preaching or anything like that it could just be you know you help somebody across the street or you help to hold the door for somebody there's some kind of impact you may have on their lives that you use us just a little bit to to cause and lord we just uh thank you for that and we just want to ask that you just give our hearts that desire to to be mayberry friendly to all these people we know and meet on the streets and uh, at work and school wherever we might be lord we just want to share your spirit as we go through our lives and uh, thank you for what you've done for us Amen.